You're not watching it right. What was going on with Palpatine's son or Palpatine's clone? Wait, this is supposed to be entertaining? I'm kind of bored. No, I'm pretty sure this is the same guy. <laughs> this is awesome! Welcome to the Harmonica Brothers Variety Show. We now join this week's conversation already underway. So I was saying that I watched the first four episodes of the live-action Cowboy Bebop because I wasn't going to, but Kai said it was actually pretty good, so I checked it out. And the guy who plays Jet nails it totally. Um, I feel like I'm watching and listening to anime Jet. Like, even his voice, like, even sounds like the dub voice of Jet. Like, it's it's so on the mark. Uh, The girl who plays Faye does a pretty good job. I do like Jon Cho as Spike, but... I don't really, I don't really see the anime spike so much necessarily when I'm like watching him. I would say just just right off the bat, I could, from the handful of episodes of Cowboy Bebop, I I have watched the cartoon, right? Or I've seen the movie and then like a couple episodes. Um, spike, so much of his character is about how his how his look, not just like what he's wearing or his hair. It's just like it's the way he moves. It's the fact that he's ectomorphic, you know, long arms, long legs. And I think he's just got this presence to him. And John Cho has always been someone who's very soft spoken, who's very I could, you could say demure. Um, and I think that maybe that's sort of what they were going for with the Spike Spiegel because it's you know it's obviously not the anime. On the jet, on the jet thing, Mustafa Shakir is a great actor. He was the main antagonist of the second season of Luke Cage. Also, he played a uh, what was it? Was it uh, Cobra something or uh, uh, Cobra Hood or I don't know? But like he was in, uh, he was the main. That was his like villain persona when he was fighting right. Luke Cage that, that season. And he's a based on a comic book character. Um, but yeah, Mustafa Shakir is a great actor. Um, I, I don't, don't get me wrong. I like John Cho. Um, I think he's a good actor, and I like him in. In this in Cowboy Bebop, it's just I think he's got, I think yeah, like you said, it's a, it's a little harder to really replicate that anime feel of Spike because of you know just just the way he carries I himself think, in the anime. But it's actually so much. I, the show is I was just gonna say the show overall is a lot better than I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was gonna be pretty meh, but. You know, I find myself, you know, when I get through one episode, I'm like, yeah, I want to see the next one. Like, it's enjoyable. Um, and even I, I do think that, um, you know, maybe they could have done a few more things in space. It might have been cool to see a few more like ship battles or something like that. But I think they've actually got a pretty good balance of everything. Now, I got to ask you, Matt, what's more important to you that an adaptation like this stay true to the source or that it expand and kind of play around? What I will say is I was a little disappointed because I originally thought that this was going to be something that kind of added to the anime in that like it, they were going to tell stories that could take place maybe between episodes of the anime. that It was, was going to tell new stories, essentially. So when I saw when I put on the first episode and I saw that, oh, this is very similar to the first episode of the anime. We're clearly just like taking actual stories from the anime. I was a little disappointed, but I do think they're expanding it and changing it in interesting ways. So that's kind of got me hooked as well. Mm. I don't know how I feel about seeing so much vicious. Only that I think sometimes, like I I, I get why you'd want to like maybe expand on his character and as well um, and show more Julia uh, too. But vicious is kind of like one of those characters, like, like I, I think we've talked about it. The, on the less podcast. you know, the better. Yeah, we've talked about it on this podcast before. It's like Darth Vader is an awesome character, but at a certain point, if you show too much Darth Vader, which could happen with the Obi-Wan series, we don't know. Um, yeah. 
you know how he's going to. I think it's already happened. He becomes less. The more you know about him and what's going on in his head, the less cool I think he would become. And I think that might be what's happening with Vicious. Again, I've only seen four episodes. The guy who's playing him is cool. Like, I think certainly the way they showed him in the first episode, kind of like zooming in on his profile, you just saw his kind of like eye, much the way like you see in the anime when you're introduced to him. Um, that that was well done. Clearly, they love the people who are um, you know, who created this or the, the people who adapted this show, the people who are acting in the show, they clearly love the anime. They're clearly doing the absolute best they can um to do right by the anime. Um, and we'll see how, how, how things go. I don't know. What do you, what, what do you think about the amount of vicious that we're seeing? Kai, I was kind of surprised, but I also understand that there needs to be for new audience. Um, there needs to be a reshuffling of the story because there's, there's going to be different priorities for this new audience. So the original, there was, we know the reason we got what we got with the original. So that's, that's cool. I think it comes down to the fact that I'm satisfied with the balance of adaptation versus translation. So I'm good with the things they kept and I'm good with the things they're adding. So for me, it's striking the right balance. So you and don't think that we're, I mean, again, I think, did you see any more of you only watched the first three episodes so far? I've watched the first three episodes and within those first three episodes, I feel like I feel comfortable. My, okay. Based on my relationship with the original, I feel comfortable with this. I have friends who are much die, more diehard fans who are going to be a lot more critical because a, they don't think it needs to be, um, it needs to be adapted. And that's a conversation as well. But they also think that, Hmm, I don't know how I feel about this because I've already like, I already love it. I don't need more. So they're kind of like, you can't improve on it. Anything else is, should either just be its own thing or it shouldn't be it at all. So there's a, it's, it's a hit. It's a weird kind of space. It's but a, do you think they're following it, it, I, You know, I, I went over the differences again. We're seeing more vicious, but do you think that maybe they followed the anime too closely? Do you think they shouldn't be adapting essentially episodes um, and should instead be trying to tell new stories and expand the world? That's an interesting question. And I think we're going to get to see an answer to that in uh, the news, the, the star, star Wars high Republic, where we get different mediums uh, in the same world, possibly even the same story. So we get a larger world world building, but in terms of this world, I feel like it was so you know when certain worlds um, are built so perfectly, you don't know if you want to see more or not? It's the way I feel with Avatar right now. I don't know if I want to see more because I'm so happy with what I have. Firefly, I feel the same way. Cowboy Bebop, I feel like I got enough of that world. I'm satisfied with what they gave me. I don't want to see more. Star Wars, like uh, the, the uh, Mandalorian, for example, is the first time I'm seeing on screen an expansion of that universe and seeing, wow, I want to see more of this world. Go ahead, Sam. So I'm going to push back on a couple of things you just said. First of all, Firefly and Avatar are not on the same level. Avatar's up here. Firefly is in the basement. Many people would disagree. I know I haven't seen Avatar, but I know Firefly has a passionate yeah. fans. That's the reason I, I mentioned it, just because of how diehard the fans are. So, okay, so uh, I'm talking about for me, I'm talking about quality and I'm talking about 
the fact that you know what a show that goes its whole run and finishes its story is a superior show to show a show canceled after one season that's all i'm saying ah, but ah, but what i will say when it comes to the rehashing and the let it go back but when it comes to the rehashing so let's talk about a couple of things you said probably bebop was a show that was self-contained right also anime as a medium is much is exorbitantly more character focused than any than most other like mediums when it comes to that you look at a show like like one piece we talked about this in the last week in our last episode that's about the characters it's not about the world the world is just an excuse so the characters can do balls to wall crazy shit you know so when it comes to that uh when are they we're expecting them to just not be rehashing the world how long are the episodes like 45 minutes to an hour yeah yeah so what they're probably doing is, since it's so, and especially Cowboy Bebop, is so character-focused. It's so much about Spike and Jet and Faye, right? So, But Spike and Jet and Faye are bounty hunters. They could be going after different bounties. Even if you want yeah, to still yeah, include course, Vicious, but, you, but, could, you could go at this from, in a different direction. Yes, absolutely, I agree. But from the perspective of the creators of the show, or especially like the producers or the big, the big wigs at Netflix they probably thought, okay, what worked? What was successful? What was successful was this story in this world with these characters. So their thinking is probably like, okay, let's just translate it. And if it does well, and if it does well with people who haven't seen it or who don't know what Cowboy Bebop is or don't watch anime, like if you watch, if you, if you're an anime fan, you've seen Cowboy Bebop, right? Like, but there are plenty of people who have never seen Cowboy Bebop, but it's also their introduction to anime. That was the first anime thing I ever watched. Before I ever met you guys, or the movie was at least. Wait, you watched Cowboy Bebop before you saw an episode of Sailor Moon or Dragon Ball Z? That explains so much. Consciously choosing to watch it, and ah, it wasn't just okay. showing up on okay. TV or tsunami or whatever. Like, I wouldn't like. I I can't recall. I'm sure I watched Dragon Ball Z because I fucking did the Kamehameha during dodgeball when I was in first grade. But like after that, like I don't really recall storylines or anything like that from when right. i was a kid so with cowboy bebop and i think with adaptation general they're adapting the what worked what was successful what was successful was this character this story this world all in one piece uh -huh, one piece um so i could see in a prospective second season even though it was criticized for a lot of things what it wasn't criticized for was its cast and the acting and the performances so because of that i could see them in the, in, a, in the following season getting a little bit more money being a little more focused and being a little less like okay let's just remake the whole show but here here's the thing i think you were talking about a review so either you or kai were talking about a review you read and you you didn't think that it was fair that the um that this live action show that or that the reviewer was comparing this live action show to the anime um because they're they're two completely different things so to say you don't like it because it's not the anime is i think it was you know, Kai. i think we were talking about yeah, that yeah yeah but i wasn't sure if it was you or kai that, that mentioned it I, um, so yeah, what i said was uh the they were basically the the their review was negative and but it was negative because it was the review was boiling down the show to it's not as good as it's not it's bad because it's not the cartoon Right. But by by taking so much from the anime and basically modeling a lot of these episodes on episodes of the anime, you're kind of putting yourself in the position where your show is going to be compared to the anime. Whereas if you had done something more original, maybe it might be able to stand more on its own. And, you know, that kind of criticism. Would and be Matt, limited. I will say that's a moot point, because no matter where you like move the, the dial on the spectrum, 
there's going to be fans who are going to say it's not enough like the anime and there's going to be fans who are going to say it's too much like the anime there's never a, there's never you can't please everybody so i think the ones who focus on telling the best story in their own style i think that's the way cuz like as an illustrator i'll say Sometimes I want to go more realistic. Sometimes I want to go more cartoony and I'm just thinking, oh, so-and-so would love this or, you know, this style would be cool. This style would be cool. You can't mash too many things together because then it just becomes a mess. So I think it's up to whoever's behind the creative decisions to say, this is what we think. This is how we're going to pay homage to this story. The other thing I'll add as well to sort of, sort of like, you know, to complement Kaim's point is that no other show has been attempted like this where it's like it is both accurate and not offensive and it's keeping with the spirit of the show we talked about the genre a little bit it's not really it's not just science fiction i think we said we settled on or Kai suggested spaghetti science fiction or spaghetti space fantasy or whatever you want to call it because spaghetti it's enough, yeah yeah because it is enough like a lot of shows that are on right now in sort of the Venn diagram of things that it's not going to be like Dragon Ball Evolution or um, what's it, or like the last airbender than the movie that shall not be named, you know, like you t you compare it to a movie like, oh God, I don't know. Or, or it's enough like shows like the expanse in sort of the aesthetic from without, mm -hmm. from my perspective, as someone who, who watched Cowboy Bebop so long ago, I'm practically going, I'll practically be going into the show when I start watching it like cold. I'm thinking my only frame of reference for something that is in the future, but not like so far flung, it's still somewhat gritty and realistic is The Expanse. And The Expanse is a show that's super popular and that is super reliant on visual and special effects. Uh, has this sort of somewhat grounded tale because there isn't a lot of magic the science fiction isn't like wild i'm assuming it's not like all alien races and like cybernetics you know it's not it's probably a little cyberpunky but not a lot because that's not the genre um yeah i think just it's it sort of occupies enough spaces on its own but they probably thought okay it can stand on its own if we just translate it from anime to live action also, John shows a phenomenal leading man, so yes. I can't really argue with that casting. You, you know, well, what I, don't I'll, think, I'll... I don't like. Let me. I, I don't think there's really anybody out there that could have played this role better. It's just it's a very difficult role to uh, nail if we're trying to nail it in, in, to be exactly as it is in the anime. But mm -hmm. no, I think everybody's doing. You can tell everybody's put in a hundred percent, you know, effort into into trying to make this as, as good as they can. Well, I'll say. As well, we could talk about, like, you know, Hawkeye just came out. We, Kime hasn't seen it, but just for the listeners out there and for Kime, if you've read Matt Fraction's run of Hawkeye, it's, like, the best parts of that and then all the Kate Bishop stuff in, like, six or six or eight episodes. It's so good. And so not even just good. It's, like, the that's how you adapt a comic book run. If you only adapt a run into a, a miniseries, that's how you do it. Because they get like the little nuances of the sign language and, the, and him being deaf. You get a pizza dog. You get uh, the tracksuit gang. You get uh, all the stuff with Kate Bishop and her her family and sort of how it is she comes to sort of be Hawkeye, but they make her a little bit more of a fangirl. Whereas in in uh, the uh, where when she and Hawkeye like meet up in that Mac Fraction in that Matt Fraction in the comic of Hawkeye, 
she's a, sort of past or post her fangirliness or her fangirldom, um, her fandom. Uh, but it, they, you can see how they're similar because one is both, I think, are good in their own way. But one is going to sort of come away a lot easier because it's not as well known. I think that's ultimately Cowboy Bebop's downfall, like why people aren't loving it as much because it's or why mm. people are talking about it a lot more nuanced because it's not like the original show wasn't as well known, but the people who did know it fucking love it and they know it well. And it's been out for yeah. what, like 20 years? More than 20 years. It's late 90s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they definitely made the right move, um, you know, keeping Yoko Kano's, uh, keeping Yoko oh, Kano as a composer. Uh, and that, like, I have not hummed the Cowboy Bebop opening theme to myself in a very long time. And now, like, I can't stop. It's a, so it's a catchy that was, that, that it, uh, Great decision, keep, you know, uh, keeping the opening theme. I was a little disappointed that they don't still have the real folk blues for the ending. Uh, uh, I love that maybe song. Maybe they couldn't get that song. Yeah, it, yeah. There could be a million. Maybe next season. I think with the genre, the genre bending and the genre mixing, anime gets away. With, anime can get away with it, right? Yes. You can almost say Cowboy Bebop is the show, because the the live action. Even if they didn't do original stories, as Matt says, they should have or thinks they should have. I, 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 I'm not <laughs> saying should have. I'm saying I was a little disappointed they weren't. But again, I'm enjoying the show, so. So maybe so for the what I'm for the purpose of my argument, what I'm saying is what if they had maybe if they if everything had been the same as they did it now, but they sort of filtered out one or two of those genres. So I was just lo looking at it, and Wikipedia defines it as anime, science fiction, neo noir. Science fiction, yeah, neo noir. That's right. That, that's like a lot because anime has its own things, science fiction has its own things, neo noir has its own things. You know, like fucking Bosch is neo noir, right on Amazon Prime. Um, mm -hmm. With a show like cowboy bebop it may have behooved them to filter out some of that stuff like you take a um a show like the witcher right which is also being adapted right now season two comes out in a couple weeks what they've been doing is they're getting rid of a lot of the cultural stuff that's in the books they're getting rid of a lot of the like the things that make it very polish for lack of a better term very eastern european mm -hmm. and it's making it a better show because the books are really dragged down by that stuff you know, mm. I'm starting to look through and sort of under, understand a culture in a way that I'm not unwilling to, but in a way that really slows down the reading of the book. And if right. all that right. building was in the show, The Witcher wouldn't be the, the, the good show that it is. You know, right. it wouldn't be in my opinion. It's the game, the show, then the books, which is completely skewed. It should be books, show, game, but it's not right. Because one, it's rare that that happens. Yeah, and I think with Bebop, maybe the, the case is that the show ha the show doesn't. And it's not like it ha it needs legs. It hasn't found its legs yet because it's still just translating what's already been made. Well, and I think the the, the biggest problem that it faces, and I would say the reason that there are many people probably who who have an issue with it, is that if you if you got into Cowboy Bebop in like ninety seven or ninety eight, whenever it came out, I think it was around there. You've had like 23 years to imagine what it would be like if it was in live action. And now it is, and it's probably not going to line up with your vision. It's much like the reason that people who who first watched the original Star Wars trilogy, we had, you know, again, I didn't see it when it first came out. I'm not that old, but I did see it in 97, two years before, uh, you know, the prequels came out. You know, 
people who saw those films first already had their own ideas of how the prequels would have gone. And then when they came up and they didn't, they came out finally and they didn't align with it, there were complaints. And I think it's the same kind of thing. If you're somebody who's been a fan of something for a very long time and you've had an opportunity to think about how you would tell the story, when you finally see it told, it's probably not going to live up to to the way that you imagined it. So what you're saying, Matt, is that fans of the original and everything. I get it. I agree. I absolutely agree with you, Matt. I want to try and get at something here that Matt's just said. It's that, you know, we get this in our heads about like how we would do it, what our idea of the prequels would be. And we end up being mad. We end up being disappointed because something we thought should happen or what we wanted to happen didn't happen. Right. Um, the last time I can, the last time recently I can recall this in something I'm in, a fandom I'm in is with Critical Role Campaign 2. It ends in this very nuanced, realistic way. Like two people end up in a relationship, but one of them moves on and the other one retires because one's an elf, one's a human, and they can't, you know, one's going to outlive the other by like 700 years. So why are they going to, we can't stay together, right? Because neither of them wants that. So, and so many people end up being pissed and, you know, queer, queer baiting and all this stuff and accusations of all sorts of shit. But my point is that, Creators of Cowboy Bebop very well, very well may have wanted to do all the things that maybe they should have done to make it a, an even better show or a better or a show, a better show than it is. And they didn't because they want to see if they can do it first. Now they know it's if it's makes enough, if it's commercially successful enough or critically successful enough. Now they know that, oh, OK, we have a hang of this. Now let's do our own original thing. Because the original I just checked came out in 98. It was up to, uh, April to October of 98. There were 26 episodes. Did they cover, will they cover the whole of that 26 episode arc in these 10 episodes? This is, this is just me. Um, I'm, 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 I'm just thinking ahead. I know we don't do that. We don't, we don't, we don't guess and we don't hypothesize on this show, but I feel like, okay, we've seen, you see in the opening that there is a scene, they have that scene from episode five in the church against the stained glass with vicious, with his sword against uh, spike and spike with his gun out. I feel like that scene will probably come in episode 10. I feel like essentially this is maybe, maybe we'll go up to like, they're, they're, you know, they're changing the order of things, but I feel like yeah. the last episode could very well be what takes place in episode five, and then they'll move on from that. I don't, I would be shocked if they were going to retell the whole story in these 10 episodes, but mm -hmm. who knows? Was the, well, here's the question with a show like, because you have, because show animes like, uh, this reminds me actually, I should probably watch Young Justice season four. It's been coming out. There's like five or six episodes out already. Um, but with a show like Cowboy Bebop, an anime like it, is there a is there any filler, or is it all story? There's like one filler episode, and it's all character development. Well, but I mean, so if there's development, it's not, it's not even it's. Well, the thing I, I would argue that like basically everything besides episodes five, uh, episodes uh, I think it was either ten or eleven, eleven or twelve, and twenty five and twenty six are essentially filler because those are the only ones that feature vicious and and kind of further that specific story, right? It's not filler. Still... It's not filler because so much of this show is character driven. But if you were yeah. talking about filler in terms of like that plot, then then I guess most of it would be filler. It depends on how you look at it. Is the anime as or sorry, the anime is very much Spike Spiegel. It's, is it a bit or is the show much more of an ensemble, or is it? Let me rephrase. Is the, is the show show more of an ensemble than the anime is? Like, is it more like Spike Spiegel is like not is like 
A or is A triple plus or and like uh, uh, Jet and Faye are like A double plus or is it like I've only are, seen four episodes, so I, I can't say for sure. Yeah, I, I the live action is slightly more ensemble. Maybe again, it has been a while since I've seen the anime, I'm but like they get a lot of. I mean, they, they get their moments in the anime too. You know, yeah. yeah and I'll, I'll watch a couple episodes of the anime, and then I'll watch Cowboy You Up, and I'll like try to go back and forth. Definitely. Um, and of course, there's also the, the 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 last member of the of the Bebop crew, um, Ed. Has not appeared yet. He has not appeared yet. I do believe he. Uh, based on what I've I've read, I think he does at least appear briefly towards Isn't the end. Hmm? No, Ed that's Ein. Ein Ein appears in episode three. Oh, the dog is so adorable. Oh, Ed's Ed's the teenage hacker, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah. with a show like with a show with adaptation in general, what you the the adapt what are you with an adaptation? Are you adapting or are you translating? And yeah, Wheel of Time's coming out too. Episode four came out today. I, just, I watched it like right before we hopped on this this call. And I'm I'm reading the Eye of the World right now. I'm already finding out shit that don't doesn't happen until like mid or like mid to late book. I have book one, right? Because they they want to tell the entire the chronological story of that of like the first leg of the Wheel of Time in eight episodes, and they probably want to tell all fifteen books, all fifteen thousand page tomes in like less than eighty episodes, less than a hundred episodes total over the entire run of the show. Fine, it's an hour long each, but like holy shit, are these episodes rushed? They feel so rushed and dense. Like there's so much happening all the time. There's not enough like quiet moments, which I think something is, is something that really epic high fantasy like Wheel of Time needs. Like you get it in how long? Right? It's so good. How um, long are each is each episode? They're like 47 minutes to 65 minutes. They're monstrous. Oh, but they're good. It's a good show. That don't get me wrong. It's just that it's so much is happening all the time. Mm -hmm. I, I for me. And I'm someone who keeps track of fantasy, who loves to read fantasy, who didn't come to fantasy until much later in life and is really enjoying it. And it is, a, there's a lot happening. There's a lot to keep track of. Mm -hmm. Because they're layering in world building because from the perspective of Rand, who's the main, who's the only POV character for book one, he doesn't learn this shit until like book two, three, four, five. But you're finding yeah. it out now. And it's, you're finding out at a place where it doesn't, it's not like it's out of place. It all fits, but things are happening out of order. They're getting rid of a lot of the filler that was in the books. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of like the, 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 the pillow talk as it were, but the pillow talk is where the character development is. As Kaim said, you know, when, when you're, when you're watching an anime uh, and you're, or any TV show, and there's an episode that's filler, most episodes of like anime and like network TV, American network TV are filler. Let's be realistic. But in those episodes, there's character development, right? Possibly. There's like all the character development in the Wheel of Time is taking place uh, during the big story moments. And in that way, it just feels like things just keep happening to the people. And they're like on like a fucking like white knuckle uh, F1 race. And they can't. Kind of like uh, Walking Dead? The walk late Walking Dead. You know, like like there was okay. a spell from season five to season ten, where it was pretty rough. But season eleven was great, really, really like lots of time to breathe. And season twelve has been really good so far. When the first episode, eight episodes came out, um, yeah, watch the Wheel of Time though; it's a good show. And you know, watching it means we get more. And there hasn't been a really, really good high fantasy adaptation in a in a while. You know, we got The Witcher now. We got the Wheel of Time. We're gonna go 
Lord of the Rings. We're in a, we're entering, you know, the post Game of Thrones era, and the fantasy actually is fantasy because there's fantasy races and magic. It's not just rape and War of the Roses. Uh, hello, it's called Tits and Dragons. Thank you very much. Dragons, dragons and tits. Yeah. Hey, you talked to me. You said there are boobs and dragons. None of these dragons have boobs. What the fuck? <laughs> Why am I watching this show if not for the dragon tits? Um, yeah, no, uh, so when you're talking about changing the order of things, um, I guess that, that's common when, when you're doing adaptations. Sometimes things that might appear at different points in the story. Um, I think it's when you're from a written format to a, to a, a visual format, they also want to cut out. Like, the exposition doesn't need to happen because you have a visual, you have something to look at, you know? How do you pitch an adaptation to a friend when you when you say um this is an adaptation of this thing i really loved and you show it to them and they see it and they're like yeah it was a good movie and you can't connect that adaptation part of it for example i absolutely adore this very popular but somewhat bizarre series uh called blade of the immortal manga series uh it is about Samurai Wolverine, who has a healing factor, and he helps Samurai Jubilee get revenge uh, for against some guy uh, who killed her family. And there's like political intrigue, there's cultural stuff, there's you know all these other samurai that are that are mixed into these political factions and fighting and and turning coat and whatnot, and. The movie condenses it. It loses a lot, but it's one of one of the best damn movies I've seen in so long, and I think it's a phenomenal adaptation. Now, if I told you guys to watch it, Blade of the Immortal, which is on Netflix as far as I know, phenomenal movie. Um, you guys might appreciate the movie, but it still won't have the resonance uh, as an adaptation. So do you think it's a good thing that I could say, hey, guys, check out Blade of the Immortal, awesome movie. And then you guys don't know where it's from, or do you think the strength of an adaptation is that it would make people go to the original? I so would the say, the, oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, I would say uh, the latter, probably because a lot of times, as we were kind of saying, if you already know the original, you can sometimes be disappointed by the adaptation. But when you go into the adaptation first, if you like that, there's gonna be mm. good reason to go back and check the original, which, come on, if you like the adaptation, you're probably gonna like the original as well. So what, I, what I'm going to say in response, and I agree with you, Matt, I will also add that, you know, George R. R. Martin made a, made a bag from HBO when Game of Thrones got made. He made more money from the book sales because of the show being out than he did from the show itself. So there's that. The second thing I'll say is the Wheel of Time show is making me want, is making me read the books more. It's making me want to finish or catch up at least so I can like have the next book or the next book or two done before the next season comes out. It's already been renewed. They're already they're already in pre-production for the second season. It's also the Witcher show for the same reason has drove me into the arms of the books, right? Or the 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 video game drove me into the arms and the, the show is keeping me there. By that same token, I think because a lot of people going to the original source material because of an adaptation is true we we still don't we don't talk enough about the fact that we talk a lot about a lot of, about this a lot with star wars because the original is visual right the it's very rare now you look at what's being made now on netflix very little of it is 
originally a like live action with books at least and manga we have this all this strength behind it as the fans of them because it's only real to us to the reader i haven't i had a whole idea when i first started reading a game of thrones back in like 2007 well first of all my parents should not have let me read those books when i was 11 years old <laughs> but like there's a oh, lot it's, it's fantasy there's a dragon on the cover let's get it for him for his christmas for his birthday whatever um <laughs> i had this whole idea of what the characters looked like before the movie the show mm -hmm. came out right and i think that would be the same for anyone reading a book we have we build up that source material in our mind. So it does create a bit of a dichotomy. You know, you can tell the difference between a Game of Thrones fan who came to the, the books because of the show or who came to mm -hmm. the books or the show. And that's not me gatekeeping. That's just the fact that you can tell the difference. Yeah. Um, and with, you know, people who never read the, the source material at all, like more power to them than now. Like before when Game of Thrones was coming out, I was like, you idiots, you should read the books. And now it's like the books are never going to be finished. They're going to come out posthumously and be identical to the show in every way. And people are going to hate them. Uh, yeah, that's after George R. R. Martin dies. So fuck you, George R. R. Martin. That's that's my conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> you know who the showrunner is on Cowboy Bebop? Who is it? I, I've never, I don't know them. Oh, Chris Yost. I don't know how involved the original creator was because I don't think I saw his name in the opening credits, but I could I'm be wrong. About, well, I'm talking about the who's the showrunner for the show, for the show. No, no, I just I, but I, I was it made me think like how how involved is the original creator, and I don't I don't actually know that. 